Hi friends. I am so happy you're here. Welcome to AG University podcast. One-stop shop for all things intuition, Akashic records, angel readings if you're new around here, energy, manifestation, love, all of the things, healing the body, self-love. February is really a month, I believe. Whether you're single, in a relationship, whatever, it's a great month to just double up on our self-care, self-love practices. The theme of the month is love, right? Valentine's Day. I feel like when I was single, I was just like, okay, I'm going to take this as a time to be extra incredibly indulgent in my self-care practices, self-love. So that's kind of the theme of which I'm operating over here. And as always, I just want to thank you guys for being here. And thank you to everyone who has subscribed to my newsletter. I'm going to do a little group reading for you guys that has been highly requested. So we're going to do that today. And anything in the reading realm, if you're curious about it, you want to join my wait list, you can also submit a question. There's times where I'll submit, I'll open up a little questionnaire for you guys to submit questions and I can do, you know, some group energy talk on the podcast. All of that is through my newsletter and newsletter only. I will never open up readings or anything outside of the newsletter that also just kind of protects um, you guys and me from sometimes people will like imposter send out links and things, DMs being like, hey, I'll do a reading for you, whatever. That's never me. It always comes straight from my newsletter and that's my support. You'll see support at annagracenewell.com. So without further ado, you guys submitted some questions. And also one other thing, um, a lot of people asked, why does it look like you're booked out for four years? So I'm not booked out for four years, but we only open spots for my newsletter each month because I do have another scheduling for clients that has already been filled. So we open a few spots each month just for the newsletter, just so you guys get an opportunity to connect with me. And then as soon as those get gobbled up quick, this the schedule just looks like it's filled, but I'm always opening new spots. I hope to connect with each and every one of you, and I'm just so excited. So um, I do have a little box that you check when you submit a question with me, just saying that you give me permission to do a little bit of energetic forecast or just a little bit of an energetic read. And I do feel that these questions are questions that a lot of you may have or um, however they are specific to you and I'll say your name, but stick around. Even if it's not your question, you could be feeling similar. So let's get into it. Okay. So I'm really just putting myself on the spot here, but the first name that I heard was Stephanie. So I'm just going to go to my Google docs list and assume there's a Stephanie on here. Let's find her name is... Stephanie Rodriguez, of course, there she is. So her question is, why am I meant to enter into motherhood at a young age? So just to give you guys a little bit of a backstory, the concept of motherhood and caring for another person can oftentimes be seen as an opportunity to heal versions of ourself because as a parent we step into this energy of honestly it's like an activation of our next 
level intuition, divine knowing, guidance, being able to care for another person so that we can really learn how to care for ourselves, use that intuition that we feel for a child for ourselves, use that time to really go within and look and ask yourself, what did I need when I was a child? What did I need that maybe I didn't get? That maybe I'm getting this opportunity with this child. I don't know when you said um, entering motherhood at a young age, if maybe it wasn't planned or I'm not sure what the scenario is. There wasn't any context here, but that's the energetic understanding is that when we have children, they are often our greatest teacher and mirror into allowing us to explore some inner child work in our life that maybe we never got a chance to do. And so when we have this child come in, sometimes we may feel, oh my gosh, like this is so new or foreign or what am I doing? And that's totally normal. Like we are all meant to kind of go into this sort of just blind, no expectations, not knowing what to do, because ultimately looking at the situation from a lens of growth and learning and love, we realize that we have this opportunity to correct even um, like ancestral, kind of comes through as like ancestral healing or patterns, maybe things that we you know kind of similar to what we did not get in our childhood or something that we need or some area that we need light shown back at us from this child in order to heal and strengthen our relationship to self, which ultimately heals and strengthens our relationship to child and, you know, to partner, to future partners, to all people around us, all people in humanity. So this is all exactly where you are supposed to be. It's all part of your plan and your purpose and what you are here ultimately to teach and to show other people how you were able to navigate this season of life and you do so with such grace and ease even when it doesn't feel that it looks that way. There is this inner knowing that you are exactly where you were meant to be and there's no such thing as incorrect timing when you are operating on such a larger scale of divinity, of purpose, of plan, because this has completely catapulted your life in a different direction. But it's a direction that's going to take you so much further than from the place you were before, because there wasn't as much knowing or growth or direction or purpose And once we get to this place, sometimes as parents, it activates this new sense of purpose inside of us. And once we experience that feeling of purpose, we can recognize it more and more in other areas of our life. So just know that no one really knows until they're upon this season as to what it is, but also that this was perfectly created for you, perfectly cultivated for you, and it's perfectly where you're meant to be, whether it's with your son or daughter, I don't know, I said son first, maybe I'm, maybe I'm sensing male energy, but that also could be, um, there's a lot of people here. So, um, But oftentimes the parts of motherhood that are most frustrating are always, always, always our greatest invitation for us to explore those frustrations 
and recognize that that's just a place within us that needs attention and love, just as a child does. I think ultimately, when I see people who have children, quote unquote, unexpectedly or at a young age or at a time, or maybe they just wasn't planned, there always is a plan because the universe is never going to give us something that we can't handle. And I really do see children as an opportunity for us to observe them, what their needs are, pay attention to them, obviously love them, keep them safe, all of these things that are their basic core needs and their basic necessities. And that's also our basic core needs, our basic necessities. And maybe there is a time in our place where we've ignored self. And I know there are times where we have to ignore self for kids, but at least it gives us this opportunity to go, wow, hey, I need that too. I need this too. And that's the healing that's meant for you as a parent as well. It's it's truly just an invitation for us to explore connection, true love, deep, deep, deep feelings that activate a new life inside of us. I guess my perspective too, outside of just the energetic perspective, is that every life is a gift. Every life has a purpose. And even when it's confusing or hard or difficult at times, it's ultimately our path to alignment and higher self, which is our life, our freedom. Okay, my next one is a Macy. So I'm looking for Macy Gibson. She said, how do you know your angel number? So I don't particularly have just one angel number. I think when something's going in my life where I am seeking outside guidance or a sign or some type of validation that I'm on the correct path, I will notice that I will start seeing repeating numbers. I have kind of created my own language with angel numbers. So like for me, my lucky number has always been seven. I was born on July 7th, 7-7. So if I see a lot of sevens, I'm like, oh, yay, that's that's kind of just like a, you're doing great. But when I was moving to Florida and going through a lot of like massive life transitions, I was seeing like 222 everywhere, which to me too is always the number of um, like, you're in the right place. You're in the right place. 333, oh, my little cursor just went over the 333 as I said that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, 333 is more of like a creative number. Like that one's when I'm in alignment with a possible or, you know, a project or something that I'm working on. But angel numbers are numbers that are always around, always guiding us. It's just confirmation the universe is always looking out for us and that we're never alone. And I think that how to find your angel number is really just bringing awareness to whatever sequence that you feel is reoccurring. It could be 12-12. It could be 21-22. It could be literally anything. It doesn't have to be like identical numbers. Someone's like, some people will say, I see 34-34 everywhere. Whatever it is, that your eye is drawn to in a moment where you are seeking guidance or clarity, that number is meant for you. Okay, this next one is Daily Prumer. And she said, AG, you've got me paranoid. Ha, I have a three-month-old, so I wake up a couple times in the night to feed him. Since you talked about the ghost in your room, I'm so paranoid there's something funky going on in my tiny house. I don't know why, but it's like a reoccurring feeling and I need to help 
get it to go away. I purposely won't stop rocking my squeaky rocking chair in the night because I'm scared. I'm worried I'll hear something. How do I keep positive energy and vibes in my house? I'm a student of AGU and I am worried that I'm too paranoid of a person to continue looking into my spiritual intuitive side of things. Thanks so much for my for your help. You're my fave. Okay. I, one, I'm so sorry that I made you feel paranoid, but here's the thing. I work with a lot of energy, which means I seek that out in a way when I'm working with someone. So there is that invitation, you know, if someone has had a situation where they want me to communicate with an energy, you are not, you just remember that there has to be, you know, a little bit of intention or invitation or something. So we have free will. God gives us free will. There is ever a situation that is going on in your life, you have the ability to set a boundary to say, hello, you're not welcome here. Goodbye. That's why I let people sage their house or clear their house or set up the boundaries that this energy is not welcome in my house. And the spirit world respects that. So just to clarify, there is a little bit of a difference. Like I do a lot of energy work, which means I think maybe that day when that happened, I just didn't I didn't close out shop as good as I should have and clear the house. I was just busy normally. I'm, and it was just a lesson for me to set an extra boundary and be really, really cautious with my rituals and protecting my space. So no, you are not. Don't worry. Don't feel too paranoid to look into your spiritual side of things. Like you're not going to all of a sudden start like summoning spirits into your house. It does not work like that. If you ever feel, and here's the thing, if you ever feel like maybe you're in a house where like other people's energy have been and maybe there's like some energy there like lingering, one, don't be scared. You, you don't need a shaman. You don't need anyone. You yourself are powerful to clear the space. All you have to do is bless the space and set a boundary and an intention. I actually just recently created a house clearing course on my website that's like, all of my courses are like very many courses, super affordable, that if you guys ever wanted me to guide you through a clearing, if you really felt like something was going on. But if you're awake, like I always just speak out loud. I call on, you can call on God, your ancestors, universe, whatever it is, ask them to bless the space and to clear out any energy that's not in the highest alignment with you. Furthermore, if you feel like, oh, I really need some in-depth something, um, I do offer like a house clearing course on my website. But I promise you, do not be paranoid. Like I actively am in the spiritual realm. So just remember that first and foremost. Second of all, it's it's totally normal to get up at 3 a.m. and be like kind of wigged out. Like I don't really like that either. <laughs> um, so just remember you are powerful. You set boundaries and we have free will. You're never going to experience something traumatic or scary with a ghost that you don't want to experience. Like... You're in control. You make the rules and you communicate out loud to your guides, your angels, your God, whatever word feels good for you, how it's going to go. And that's how it's going to go because that's, that's truly, there are rules and boundaries and, you know, ghosts can't just be like out walking around in our space. So don't, I'm so sorry if that scared you. I love you. I hope you continue to be here and. Yeah, you guys keep so many questions. So the next question that is from Natalie Tyler. Natalie said, 
I've been told and somewhat remember from being a kid that I have a medical intuitive healing gifts I was born with. I'm at my spiritual awakening and feeling uncertain of my next steps to reactivate my gifts so I can help myself and others. What steps can I take right now to reactivate my gifts and walk in my purpose? Oh, that is so beautiful. 100% I believe in people who have medical healing abilities. The first thing that's coming to mind is remembering what you did as a child if someone around you was, you know, injured or if you hurt yourself, was it your initial reaction to like place your hands there or whatever? Like think about what what your first reach was for, like hands, you know, was it you put your hands over your chest, you hand over the spot that was hurting, visualization, close your eyes. Did you say a prayer? Just try to play with like, what would my gut reaction be in a situation where someone needed medical attention? Because oftentimes a lot of medical intuitive gifts, I mean, I I really do believe that's how, you know, some of these brilliant doctors or surgeons or people, I think they all kind of have an intuition as to where the body needs attention. I would highly, highly, highly recommend checking out Reiki, which is where you place hands on the body and you can work with the body to move energy through the body. It can be an incredible healing tool. Anything that is really physical energy work is a great place to start. I would maybe even just book a session and get Reiki done and just see if you like it. And then there's a lot of Reiki attunement training programs because you can really blend a lot of medical with the spiritual side of things. And I do, I have a friend that works in some type of physical therapy and she does a little bit of like energy work mixed in there. Then I have some friends who read the Akashic Records for their patients, medical patients. So I know a lot of people who blend the work together, but I think I would first ask myself, what is my immediate reaction if someone needs medical attention from me, like what what would I do? Would it be physical? Would it be hands on? Would it be emotional support? But I'm I'm leaning more towards exploring the world of Reiki and and a little bit of that Chinese medicine because I think there is a really beautiful balance that you can learn some of this energy work from those modalities and bring them into a more medical setting. One hundred percent. Okay. Next question is from. Ariel Toth. She said, I've been a follower for many years. Thank you so much for following. She said, I still have your presets. Oh my gosh, a throwback. You are an OG. I made presets so many years ago, but I'm so happy you're here. Uh, I have a dream question for you. Since I was little, I've always been able to control my dreams. For example, when I was younger, I loved being able to fly in my dream. Once I recognize that I'm dreaming, I can alter the dream and I would always make myself fly. Sometimes, same with nightmares. Once I recognize I'm dreaming, I can change the dream. I don't entirely know how to explain it. It sounds super weird. As an adult, I've lost the ability to do this and haven't been able to for a couple of years now, but wondering what your dream circle would say about it. My, so my sister tells me it's not a common thing. So this sounds like you are lucid dreaming, which is where you're aware that you're dreaming and Let's see, what does it mean to lucid dream? It's kind of what I'm trying to ask. It's an energetic gift where you have the ability to alter a state of consciousness in between really like um, states. So, so we kind of meditate in that theta. There's different levels of 
states of consciousness that our brain goes through. And this is something that probably makes you an incredibly vivid daydreamer and night dreamer. <laughs> um, both parts are your visualization and your third eye chakra center, the ability to see. I'd be really curious if you're a projector on human design because um, that's how it always was for me. So you said you've lost the ability and it's not lost. There just hasn't been as much, in, um, it's almost like intentionality before you fall asleep. So I would, you know, invite that, maybe inner childlike self that could dream into the space so that when you are going to sleep at night, you can activate. I, I fly in my dreams a lot too. <laughs> I would always like be, I would remember how to fly in dreams, but it's, it's also like a little bit of an astral travel. It's kind of like you're playing in this quantum field, which is really cool. I mean, that's, that's where we manifest from. So really the, the, part where you're saying I lost the ability, I'm just reading the energy is there's there hasn't been as much intention there around it. You still have that ability. None of our abilities are ever lost. They're kind of just like anything else or it takes a little bit of practice. But yeah, it really just sounds like you have this ability to kind of alter states of consciousness between dimensions, which is really cool. So I think that you should explore that and also apply it to your manifestation practices because we manifest from different states of consciousness and also different places in the quantum field. That's really what we're always trying to access. And you were just sort of playing in that space. Playing in that space is what makes us so magnetic and also makes our reality so malleable and allows us to change our reality around us. So the energy that I'm reading here is that the gift is not lost. The gift has just not been called upon through intention or practiced and also really bringing that into a day-to-day -day meditation practice like daydream recall some of the memories and play with them and see if you can still alter them in the mind's eye i think you would really surprise yourself also thank you for following and being here okay next question is madeline brady and she said hi anna grace your podcast has opened my eyes and soul in so many ways that i am thankful for one, she said, what is my soul's purpose? Two, I have been meditating and hearing emulate. Who knows if that is my brain or my guides, God, the universe, but emulate what if so? Okay, first of all, I just want to validate when you're in a state of meditation, you're hearing a specific word that kind of doesn't really make sense to you. You're like, emulate, huh? That's That's a message for you. So trust that. Trust that and hone that intuitive voice and intuitive knowing. Let me just close my eyes for a second and think about the word emulate. Why is she hearing the word emulate? Hmm. Okay. Well, interesting. All right. So there's a piece of the process that you're missing. It's like whatever you're trying to do right now or build right now, it's almost like maybe someone has done it before. It's like the saying when someone says, like, we don't have to reinvent the wheel. Like, you can look at how someone is doing something or creating something or making money doing something, and you can still use that process. And whether or not you're building a business or not, whatever that someone else is doing, you can do that or learn from them or seek out mentorship, seek out guidance, seek out these people that will help you put pieces 
it's like you need you need some guidance around which pieces to put into place next. So I feel like emulate is you maybe haven't given yourself permission to take on the process of someone else or you really want to break free and do something on your own way. Yes, you can actually do both. You can view, observe processes from other people who are doing something that you want to do, but then kind of the uniqueness piece is that you are unique. You are your own creator, your own person. You put your own spin on things. So whatever it is that you're trying to create or to bring to life or to do or whichever path there is to follow, don't feel like you're alone in this path and that you have to reinvent the wheel and recreate something so out of this world or, or whatever it is that you're working towards right now. Just know that the pieces are already there. You have permission to utilize a process that's been set into place, but your uniqueness is the way that you do it. That is the uniqueness. So maybe don't fixate so much on, on, you know, like spinning our wheels and getting frustrated if, if something isn't going the correct way. Like you can look around you, like I said, seek mentorship, seek friends, seek family, seek support in doing something that has been done before, but you can put your own kind of creative spin on it. Maybe that's what it's saying, like emulate the process or emulate a certain hell. I don't even really know what the word emulate means. I'm just reading the energy around the word. <laughs> I got to Google it after this. Um, so, so, you know, emulate, emulation, but you can also do that in a way that's applicable to making it uniquely specific to your life and to your dreams and to your reality. Hmm. Be curious to see what you're up to. I did want to add just one more thing to that, specifically something around coming, like putting pieces into place. Um, so if you feel like you're missing something, don't be afraid to look or surround yourself with maybe people who have gone through this process or put those pieces into place to get you to where you need to go. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for submitting your question. Mwah. Okay. I've got Jessica Powell. She says, First, I found out who you were by Shannon's podcast. Oh, from South Carolina. So when she started the podcast, got to support the SC girlies. <laughs> Love that. But I was immediately like, oh my gosh, I'm obsessed with this girl's energy. You. <laughs> I'm digging deep into the studies of Akashic Records, how to access my record, currently reading some books and waiting on the second. There is an opening for a reading in the waitlist for AG University. I feel I've always had a sixth sense and I'm very sensitive to energies around me. My question is, I'm from South Carolina, grew up in a Baptist church, taught to believe that you pass away and you go to heaven, no reincarnation, any of that stuff. I began dating a guy who was very spiritual versus religious, really opening my eyes to a world I had not believed before. I felt immediately meeting this person that we have known each other prior to this meeting, that weird feeling of, I feel I've known you forever, and I probably have. How do you understand or move past the conflict of conditioned thinking to becoming open-minded understanding the soul's past, present, and future incorporated into this moment in time? Thank you for this podcast. It's life-changing for me. Okay, I'm just going to repeat the question back one more time just for the sake of reading the energy around it. How do you understand or move past the conflict of conditioned thinking to becoming open-minded, understanding the soul's past, present, and future incorporated into this moment in time? Okay, this one, I could go a lot of different directions because I too came from a very conditioned background and feeling like all this energy stuff, it's like, 
what do I believe is against my belief system. It's it's layered, and I understand that for a lot of people. And I have a lot of compassion too for people that are like maybe not into this or confused. Or I think ultimately there's just not enough information, you know. Sometimes for people to really gather a strong foundation to explore further, and it already feels like you're there. So first of all. I love that you've been exploring your Akashic records. I love that you've been seeing the spiritual man. Also, if you feel like, oh, I feel like I've known you forever, that's how it is when you, I mean, I I believe in reincarnation and I truly believe that there are certain people in my life that I've been in many lifetimes with. I've always felt that way about my dad. My dad's always felt that way about me. It's multiple people, not just soulmates or partners, just for anyone else here who's like new or curious. Also, you can have friends, like friends that you meet and you're like, oh my gosh, friends that maybe you've had forever that you're like, this person just feels like family. Like our souls kind of travel in this collective energy. And I really do believe that we sort of just like siphon around each other and we find each other in the next life. We might switch roles, you know, what could be a husband in a past life could be a best friend in in the next life. And it kind of takes different shape. But anyways... I digress. I think that the best way to move through the conflict of conditioned thinking to becoming more open-minded is to decipher what voice is yours because the feelings that are going to be your truth when it comes to this information for you are going to be the feelings of, I remember this. Like, the Akashic Records, you might have no idea what it was a year ago, but when someone explained it to you, they're just like, it's like a remembering. You're almost like, oh yeah, that just like feels really familiar. That makes sense. And you don't really need a lot of explanation around it in order for it to make sense. Versus that's your intuitive knowing, your intuitive gifts, your intuitive guidance versus when we have come from a structured background and we can kind of hear a thought in our head that feels maybe like more constricting or limiting with where we're at right now with our growth. We're like, wait, we're, and there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's just when you feel like you're questioning things, that's an invitation for you to step more into the open mindedness of what does this really mean? Does this really apply to me? Do I really believe in this narrative that I've been told? Because it could just be an ancient thought that, you know, uh, five generations of your family has felt that way, but they didn't have, they didn't have podcasts. They didn't have mass communication like we have now to explore and to question and to learn. So I, I think that when you're coming from conditioned thoughts, one, the ones that, you know, maybe you have had some thoughts or programming, whatever, that's your core, but it's the ones that feel like constricting or limiting. Those are the two words that I'm just reading right now or challenging or maybe don't go against what just feels natural to you. That's when you have the gift of discernment to go, hmm, that one feels a little tight. That one doesn't really sit quite right in my belly. I would like to explore more what's out there. There are so many people on this planet, you guys. There are so, I mean, growing up in the South, I did too. And There's just so much more out there. I'm not saying that there's any right way or wrong way. There's not. There's no good. There's no bad when it comes to religious beliefs. I really don't believe that. I'm grateful for my little Southern religious upbringing, but I know now there's so much more out there. 
and we have the ability to connect with this big energy. Whereas before some of our ancestors, they didn't have social media. They didn't have this awareness of how big and vast this world is and how beautiful other cultures are and belief systems and meditation, all these practices. So I think that the conditioning just came from that one, people didn't really know. And two, what people didn't really know or understand was scary. You know, they had this, this belief system that brought them comfort and security and safety. And so when other people were saying, oh no, I do it this way and it looks like this or whatever, that challenged their belief system and it scared them, you know? And so that's okay. That's why I always tell people, whether you're spiritual or religious or whatever, it's all about coming back to honoring our relationship with ourself first. So I think I answered her question. I really went around about way, but I think that you are on the exact right path, learning, being open to learning more. Here's the thing. You can learn as much as you want and apply some things that feel good and apply things that don't, but the things that feel good and that are aligned are always the ones that feel familiar. And the ones that are conditioned and voices from other people, they feel constricting, tight, limiting, maybe even like a little fear-based not intentionally meant to be fearful, but coming from a, a place or someone in your lineage that just didn't have as much information or access that you have now. So you're doing great. I'm so proud of you. Okay, I have a question for Whitney Deering. And she said, I'm ready to take the next step in my spiritual awakening, but I feel stuck. I used to always feel such momentum, so sure. I'm looking for a direction, a next step. So as soon as I read this, I immediately, the words that are coming to mind, it's like almost like there's a lack of enjoyment or pleasure with whichever phase you're in right now. We're going to go through phases where we do feel stuck, where we don't have momentum, where we're feeling a little lost that's okay. That's totally normal. We're not going to like just literally be alive, feeling inspired and motivated all the time. Totally normal. But when we allow ourselves to kind of lean into the feeling of stuckness or rutness, remember that's when we, when we could just say, okay, I'm feeling a little stuck. I'm feeling a little bit of in a rut. Why am I here? And what am I to learn from this? And the energy that I'm reading around it, it's almost like, there's been a little bit of a habit of maybe focusing on some of the heavier side of things when it comes to spiritual concepts. Like, yes, spiritual awakening can be all about like healing and going deep and going within and, you know, cultivating our inner peace and all of these things. Yes, necessary in healthy doses. But we have to swing the pendulum back to remembering the simplicity of joy in the small moments throughout the day, right? Like we don't always have to have these monumental wins in order to feel happiness. It starts small. It's like a snowball effect. We got to get that little snowball rolling. You got to get some some enjoyment and some pleasure back into the day-to-day, back into the small moments, because that's your spark that will set the spark for like the bigger kaboom, right? But we have to start shifting that energy and redirecting it into the small, simple pleasures of life. Yeah, it's like there's there needs to be more enjoyment. And here's the thing. I'm not saying you have to quit your job or do anything crazy or, you know, on the spot. I'm talking literally ask yourself, what is, when I feel I'm in a rut, what's the main area that I feel 
frustrated? Is it at myself? Is it at my job? Is it at my whatever area? And then from there, I want you to go, okay, how can I infuse a little bit more enjoyment into this? Maybe you you work from home or you work from a coffee shop or you change your location, a change of scenery. It's like when we feel stuck, we literally sometimes need actual movement, like literally go on a walk, literally get outside, get some fresh air, movement to help us move through this feeling of stuckness because it's easy for us to just stay in that energy. You know, our body, it gets comfortable and that's okay. You have awareness that you're there, but really kind of getting back to, okay, let's bring in a little bit of movement. And that doesn't really necessarily mean exercise. That just means something on a micro level on the day-to-day. How can I move through this season and look for joy? We're training our brain to look for a little bit of enjoyment. You know, maybe you maybe you eat like a really beautiful lunch. Maybe you buy some flowers for your desk. It doesn't always have to be something crazy. Like we move across the country, like start small and just add a little bit of extra enjoyment or pleasure back into our day. Because sometimes when we go through a spiritual awakening, it, it can be heavy and jarring. And there's so many concepts that we become aware of that we forget too how beautiful it is just to be alive and how grateful we are, grateful that, you know, we can be alive and healthy and here and in this experience. And how can we make it a really beautiful experience? Like, just remember, this is your life. This is your movie. You're the director. You know, if you want to romanticize the process, romanticize the hell out of the process. Because I promise once you start cultivating more feelings of just romanticizing the situation you're in, adding little sweet moments of joy throughout your day, you start training your brain to look for more of those. And then all of a sudden you're in this new phase of life, this new energy that pulls you out of that feeling of stuckness. So yeah, I don't know. My 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 feeling is just, um, gut feeling for you is... It's just cultivating a little bit more joy, happiness for where you are right now and just know I'm exactly where I'm meant to be. I can make this a beautiful day. I just got to choose and start to train my brain to look at it through that lens. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I, that's what I'm reading and that's, that's what I'm going with. She said, thank you for sharing your gifts. AG, you are inspiring. Thank you, Whitney, for being here. I'm so happy you're here. Okay. I have another question that's from Amber. Amber S. And she says, as a new mom, I feel saturated with information on how to parent. I just went back to work. And when I get home, I want my time with my son to be intentional. So we've kind of said heck with all the noise and buzzwords and have been doing things that feel good and natural to us, nursing him to sleep at night because it's comforting to him and we miss each other. Am I doing the right thing? One, I just love you. I want to give you a hug. Congratulations on being a new mom. We live in a world that is so saturated with information and things and trends and it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming in any capacity with health or whatever. And I always encourage people, when you feel oversaturated, the number thing that I want to invite all of you guys to do is to step back, step away, get off social media, come back to ourself. Because remember, and to answer your question, am I doing the right thing? Yes, you setting the intention of when I get home, I want my time with my son to be intentional is so beautiful. There are so many people that are just busy, 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 and they don't take the time to sit down and say, hey, I really want to cultivate an intentional relationship. You setting the tone for that intention is so, you're, you are 
a new mom, you're doing exactly what you are guided to do in the moment, which is cultivate a relationship with intention. That is perfect. And you're going to learn and you're going to know exactly what to do. And just remember, you have so much ancient wisdom inside of you. Truly, all of our bodies do. All of our bodies always know what to do when it comes to even giving birth, just being a mom, having instincts. We really do know. So I just want to invite you to trust that. Trust that you coming from a place of love is all our kids ever want. It's all our children ever want. They just want to feel loved. And so you cannot mess up when you are coming from a place of love. I want to say that one more time. You cannot mess up when you are coming from a place of love. You cannot. There is no right or wrong. No one really knows what they're doing. We're all just trying to figure it out. But when we come from a place of love and we come from a place of intention, you are perfectly divinely guided to be exactly where you are meant to be. So when you feel oversaturated and you hear all these things, take a step back, hold your child, hold that sweet baby and be, I am so grateful that you are happy and healthy and you are here in my arms and I'm going to do whatever it takes to cultivate our relationship. And I'm coming from a place of love. You can do no wrong, my friend. You can do no wrong. So I don't know all of the, the, the things about nursing and I, you know, I haven't had given birth yet. I do, obviously, my partner, his son is 11. So I have a child in the home, but he's older. So I can't give you advice on nursing or these things, but I just know that just the way you wrote this question and the way that you were showing up for your child, that child is so lucky to have you. And you're going to keep learning and every single day it's going to get better and easier and you're going to know what that child needs. And we are ultimately here just to love them and to meet their needs. And yeah, that's all. That's all they need. That's all that we're here to do is just love each other and connect. And everything you said is perfect. And I'm so, so proud of you. Okay. Sarah Phillips. I literally was hearing Sarah repeating in my ear. So there might be two Sarahs here, but actually, no, I'm only seeing Sarah Phillips. So I'll answer all the Sarahs. <laughs> There's more. Oh, there is two Sarahs. Okay. So, but you guys kind of asked a similar as question around soul's purpose and career. So, uh, so this is Sarah Phillips. I'm struggling with a career path that really suits me and makes my soul happy. So my question is, what is my life's purpose and what will bring me the most fulfillment? Well, for starters, just the energy that I'm reading around soul's fulfillment. Your soul is feeling the most fulfilled or called to designing, specifically the word design, your own life and really having autonomy over your freedom and your career and your ability to adapt, to try new things, to be in a lot of, even if you try a lot of careers, just know that there's never just one thing that we're meant to do. There's like tons of things. So if you're feeling, I think you did say, I'm not feeling particularly, makes my soul happy is the word you used. I want my soul to feel happy. That is like such a beautiful compass for you to really look at a current situation that you're in and ask yourself, do I feel happy with whatever life that I'm designing for myself in this position? Because it's okay if you haven't found the thing. First of all, I want to say that for everyone. It's okay if you haven't found the thing. 
the thing that just lights out your soul on fire or brings you all this fulfillment. The fact that you even submitted this question that you're at this podcast that you're doing all these things curious means you're exactly on the right path, first of all. So next, in terms of soul's purpose, there are so many different things every single one of us is here to do. But ultimately, you are to follow the compass that's planted inside you. And that is the compass that points north whenever we feel lit up or excited about something that's going on in our life, something that we are working to literally design this life to bring into our reality. That's the compass that you need to be following. And so when you start feeling like, oh, my soul is unhappy or these things, that's okay too. That could just be an invitation from the universe to explore something outside of you that you're looking for. It's all just a redirection or an invitation to explore another direction, a path of expansion. It's never, and it's okay if you kind of feel this contraction, like this, this, this want to go within. That's okay. You don't always have to be, you know, looking for the next best thing. It's not that. It's just that if things start to feel stagnant, we're allowed to spread our wings, try things. We're designed to try a lot of things, your design in particular. And I genuinely think, you know, for the fulfillment piece, I think it's getting really specific with what it is that you want. What are these feelings that you want to feel? Whether it's freedom, prosperity, family, whatever it is, and creating action steps for how you can design this life. That's like the big piece for you is like, how can I create a life that I feel fulfilled? Well, it's really getting specific with what do you actually want? And then you're going to be invited to take action steps to move into that reality because that reality exists, right? We're already on the path of alignment, but if we can get a little bit more specific with what it is that we want, and then we take the inspired action to get there, that is how we feel fulfillment. But it's also too, it's not always just about self, you know? Yes, we definitely have things that we want. And and yes, same with me, I have things that I want. But also, I think that the ultimate path to fulfillment is cultivating what it is that we want, but also with the perspective of, you know, we're kind of all in this together, right? (laughs) We're all on this planet just trying to figure it out. So whatever it is that you're learning or moving through or going, sharing that process, sharing that phase of life with other people around you who need that guidance, who look to you for inspiration, for advice, whatever it is. Because the more that you can share your experience with other people who are going through a similar situation, the more almost an activation that you'll create and inspire other people to live in their purpose and live in their truth. So yes, the fulfillment piece kind of comes in two pieces, which is one, getting really specific with the life that you want to design. And it'll be it'll be ever evolving and changing and we're designed to do so many things, but also the next biggest part of the fulfillment piece is sharing. And it doesn't always mean like you have to have a platform or a podcast you could have like a group text message of just some friends. You could have a journal entry, write a letter to someone. It could look any type of way. You could comment on someone's post who is going through a hard time. 
it could look any type of way, but just remember that fulfillment also comes with the understanding that if you feel called to service, allow that call, allow that call to to fulfill wherever you're at and called to service could just be someone asking for help, but also understanding, you know, that we're all in this together. We're all working together. And that if we have knowledge from a certain perspective that we're at, that could help someone else always, always, always offer that insight because whatever it is, whatever phase or job, there is something there for you to learn 100%. Everything is happening in this exact moment for a reason. There's something for you to gather. There's something for you to learn from it whether it's hard, confusing, unfair, whatever it is, that is a perfect lesson for you. And then you can take that lesson as an invitation to share that message with someone else who could be going through a hard time, you know, a few months from now or whatever. Everything that's happening to us is always happening to us collectively. And we are creatures. We're tribal creatures. You know, we're meant to help people and to connect them and to support them. And, you know, maybe you're looking for your tribe that this could be for everyone listening to. You're looking for your tribe. Well, sharing your experiences helps draw that tribe in. So that's a big part of our fulfillment in this lifetime is understanding that it's more than just thyself. It's, it's a collective energy. And once we can see that we're all in this together, we're all looking out for each other. We're all here just looking for a little bit of clarity, a little bit of guidance, a little bit of support, ultimately love. We all just want to feel loved, right? That really plays into the word fulfillment on a collective basis. I know I go off on a lot of tangents on this, but I feel like the Akashic Records is more broad words, universal teaching. So in order for me to do one person in particular sole purpose, I might have to be in a bit of a more one-on-one setting but I can still give you guys a couple buzzwords for you to um, to dive in on an individual level here. Okay, the next question that I have is from Rachel Wilburn. And she said, I'm connected to angel number 111, specifically when it shows up as 111 and 1111. It's connected to my dad who passed away July 2021. I saw it daily leading up to my dad's passing and ever since. Is it now my dad coming through as communications to me? Love your guidance and passion. One, I'm so sorry that your dad is no longer with us earthside, but I can assure you that, especially if you saw it leading up every day to his death, one is a super connective number, especially with those kind of on the spirit spirit world. I truly, in my soul, it's like a full body yes I got chills when I read that which to me is just confirmation of truth I know your dad is always connected to you I know he is always watching over you I know he is always sending you signs I also encourage you there's a book called signs I think it's by Laura Laura Lynn Jackson I believe and um I yeah Actually, as I'm recording this, it's kind of interesting. Do you ever talk to him out loud, like your dad? Because I feel like he's like, I can totally hear you and communicate with you if you spoke out loud. Like, you should be like, hey, send me a 111, you know, if this is you. Like, almost like you guys could formulate kind of your own 
language, you know, like if you're like, hey, dad, I need some guidance right now. I'm feeling kind of lost. Can you send me a sign? He's like, yeah, I'm always watching over you, always protecting you. I don't know if you have children or future children, but the energy is just that like he is forever a guardian angel. His spirit is forever a guardian or protector over you your family, maybe your future family in this lifetime. But yeah, I don't know. I would really encourage, I kind of got interrupted with whatever I was saying. I don't even really remember, but I would, I would with anyone here who's lost a loved one, I would speak out loud to them and say, Hey, if you can hear me, if you're watching over me, you know, send me one by one or whatever your sign is. And, you know, if you're someone who doesn't really believe in all this stuff, get really, really specific, say, send me a freaking pink unicorn birthday card. I don't know. (laughs) You'd be surprised at the crazy things that I have seen and what the spirit world, when we have a loved one looking over us, they, they really can send us some pretty powerful signs. So I am so sorry that your dad left this planet and in your current reality, but just know He's always protecting you. He's always guiding you. He's always looking out for you, sending you signs, and he can hear you. Yeah. So I hope that helps. I love you. Okay. So I have another question from Madison Schmidt, and she said, Hi, AG. I was wondering if you could talk about the energy you're giving, exchanging when you have sex with someone specifically a one night stand type of situation. Yes. This was something that was really interesting for me to learn about sex because especially as females, we carry so much energy and information in our, that's that's our sacral chakra, which is our root. And so let me just close my eyes for a second. I think first and foremost, it's good for people to understand that our womb space is truly a portal, right? Where we have access to this life force energy. We literally can create a life in there. I mean, that's fucking wild. But also it does carry a lot of information. And so when we are in a sexual exchange, it's like we, both of our spirits do this like entanglement that literally looks like a rope is like what I'm seeing. So let me try to explain it to you. Our little spirits do these little twists, our soul. That's why it's literally people say like a soul tie when you sleep with someone or there is a soul connection. And I do believe that. And here's the thing. If you have a one night stand, that's okay. I think at some point, I mean, I would say probably everyone has had one, but I know there are people that marry, you know, their high school sweetheart or or something, but it's okay if you have. I think that it's just being aware as you go forward. One, how did I feel after that situation, you know? And two, understanding that that's really a place where we cultivate our personal power and our power to create life and access this life force energy. So in a one night stand, sometimes it feels like we can give our power away, right? We're like, oh shoot, maybe I gave some power away, but that's okay because we are also powerful creators. We are powerful women. We have this portal, all this information. And um, actually 
a few months ago kind of downloaded into my brain a womb clearing practice from the Akashic Records. So that is coming to AG University courses. But just for now, just know, like I said, you guys all have the ability, the intuitive ability to do things, but we can actually clear out any type of energetic stagnation, cord cutting, anything that's connected to the womb space that maybe feels... um it's disrupted our peace, you know, if there's been a one night stand, because we do, we really are, our souls experience each other on a deep spiritual level, whether or not we actually really want to have a deep spiritual connection with someone. It's the most intimate, raw, vulnerable form that our bodies were designed to get into. It's, it's the, the rawest of the raw. And so I think just having this awareness going forward, one, is great. Just knowing, okay, do I really want to invite this person and all their stuff into my sacred womb space? Probably not. Here's the thing. If it's happened before, that's okay because I can clear out that energy. I can move through that energy and I can really reclaim my autonomy or my power over my own womb space or, you know, that, that energy that we use to create, you know, it's, it's ours. And yeah, I know I'm rambling. I have my eyes closed still. Okay. I'm, I'm coming back into what I was answering with the question. Let me look at, oh, okay. Basically just a one night stand. I think in, in, to conclude, I think that there is a much, much deeper energetic exchange that happens literally like our souls intertangle. They do this dance into a tight rope. <laughs> That's what I saw. So I think that it's just something to know, but it's not something that's necessarily bad. It's just somewhere that we should be aware of where we're placing our power or what we're allowing into our womb space. That's that's truly all it is. And it's something too that we can use in relationships going forward to really deepen that practice of intimacy, of really allowing ourselves to be vulnerable with the right person. Um, I have totally had sex with people that I wish I did not have sex with, if I'm being totally honest. And I've really walked away just being like, ugh, it just did not make me feel good. I don't like it. That was that awareness piece, right? And then I've gone, you know, I've really gotten into like clearing that energy through, you know, my own self-love, getting connected with pleasure in a really beautiful, loving way, blessing that area, saying little prayers, clearing them of their energy. I know you guys have maybe heard of cord cutting. I could talk about that, but um, that's something I do through visualization where I, you know, if I'm ready to cut ties with someone, I have a practice and a ritual that I do um, just so that Whatever energy they're going through, if we have been entangled in any type of way sexually, and I don't really want to store that energy. Here's the thing. You don't have to. We can, we can cleanse ourselves, free ourselves of it. Our bodies are quite brilliant that way. They're always healing and cleansing and turning over. And, um, yeah, all it, all it takes sometimes is a little bit of intention. So I hope that helps answer your question. Alrighty, you guys, I have one more question and I'm going to go ahead and shut it down. This is Allison Murphy. And she says, I plan to leave my current job within nine to 12 months due to a company acquisition. This is 100% my choice because everything about the acquiring company feels wrong and unsettling to me. I felt this way since the announcement, red flags all over the place. 
I've been told in past astrology, psychic, and tarot readings that my next job will be something I am passionate about. I have no idea what my passion is. My career with my current company has lasted for 32 years. I am a wife and my mom. This is all I've ever known for my adult life. I'm ready for something new, just not sure where to begin in. I love this so much because I truly feel like, Allison, you're in a juicy, magical place. One, I honor you and respect you for following your intuition that this job feels wrong. Perfect. That's exactly what you needed to acknowledge and the energy that you need to play with. Okay, I'm listening to my intuition. And also, always, it's, it's always nice going to see other people, but they're like, what is your passion? What is your passion? And I know that's, that's a big question. I can't, I can't exactly tell you what your passions are because part of us <laughs> getting excited about our passions is that they feel really, really good to you and you re-exploring that kind of journey of self-exploration is really what brings you to our passions. It, it, it takes you on this journey of, ooh, that made me feel good. That made me feel lit up. This, not so interested in. So my best advice for you is to go back. You've worked in this career for 32 years. You have a lot of experience. What initially drew you to this career path? What initially drew you to this career path? That's the first question that came up for me. Just attached to your name. And then also, what were the parts of your job that you loved? It's almost like along the way, you've gotten so maybe unsettled or looking outside of you, looking to other people to give you guidance, which is totally fine. We all do it. I do it. Everyone does it. But you are super intuitive because you've already noticed there's red flags. This is not where I'm meant to be. Okay, so let's go back to self and say, what did I love to do in this job? that I am so grateful that I had for 32 years. I'm a wife. I'm a mom. I have so much knowledge and experience. What did I love? When were there times in my life where I was so lit up? Or when were there times in my life where I felt guided from above, where I felt there was external guidance or the universe stepped in and guided me, or I just felt like a light in my soul or a flicker. It could be a small moment. And me just asking this, I want you to literally close your eyes and think, when was a time where I felt excited to go to work or what I was doing? And here's the thing. You could be like, I haven't felt that way in so many years. That's okay. Let's go back to when you were in college. Doesn't matter how far back you go. I want you to just really think, when did I feel a spark or something like, ooh, I'm curious about that. I'm curious about that because see, curiosity is oftentimes the spark that leads to the flame, right? When was I in a conversation where someone said something? I said, hmm, I'm curious. That curiosity is part of our, you know, I always say our intuition's planted in us like a seed, like a compass that's inside of our bodies. Our curiosity is part of how our spirit is expressing interest to realign us with that path. So when did I feel curious about something that someone told me? Has there been an opportunity around me that I've been curious about? Maybe I've been scared. Just know that that curiosity is a gift and each and every single one of us here that's our greatest gift. We don't have to know, but we can be curious. We can be open. And I always say in the morning when I walk out, I am open to receiving new ideas. I am open to receiving inspiration. You know, God, show me what it feels like to feel inspired. God, show me what it feels like to feel on this, this path of passion. Remind me what that feels like. Show me what that feels like. Guide me to what that feels like. There's nothing wrong with asking 
just out loud in your daily practice because you're really the only person that can lead you 100% to that path of passion. Don't get me wrong. I am psychic, intuitive, medium, all the things, but ultimately that's part of your journey to to connect with those feelings because then when you feel that spark of passion, you're like, ooh, I really know. And you know, no one outside of us can tell us what's best for us, especially I'm telling you guys, women's intuition is spot on and your sound so spot on. So I think I would start there and ask myself those questions that I mentioned and just really, really, really do some reflection over your career and this journey that you've been on. And be so grateful that you're about to embark on something new. That's so exciting. And I'm really, really, really proud of you. And I'm so happy you're here. I love you. I initially was doing a reading about how powerful we are as creators. And I opened the Akashic Records and started writing. And then my pen stopped working. It was really weird too, because it was a new pen. I was like, okay, my pen just completely ran out of ink. And I was like scribbling, scribbling, licking the pen, drawing, 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 (laughs) trying to get the pen to work. I was just kind of guided back to the questions that you guys submitted. I was like, oh, I guess I'm not supposed to write down any information. I'm just supposed to record it on the microphone. So yeah, I've never really done anything live for a platform. So hmm, that was my first time. How'd I do? I love you guys. I'll keep this question box out if this feels good for y'all. I always want to be gentle when bringing information from the Akashic Records into the podcast because I just want it to be perfectly aligned for whatever message everyone needs to hear. And I always trust that everything that comes through is divinely guided. As always, we are rooted in love, guided from above. I love you guys so much. Thank you for being students at AG University. You are so, so special to me. And I can't wait for one day we all get to meet in real life. I'm going to have events. It's going to happen. We're all going to get to do a giant group hug. And I can't wait for now. Love you. As always, I just wanted to say thank you so much for tuning in. If you feel so called or if it feels aligned, I would love for you to leave me a review here. I always love reading your beautiful thoughts and messages. And also you can find me at Anna Grace Newell on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. And I will link all of my courses, AG University course curriculum in the show notes, along with if you're interested in booking an Akashic Records reading with me, my scheduling link goes out in my newsletter. It goes out once a month and it's completely free. I would love to have you there. As always, I'm a proud professor and you get an A plus for making it all the way through the end. Love you.